So I want to ask you a question. What would you attempt if you knew that you could not fail? Would you open that business you always wanted to start but was afraid it wouldn't get off the ground? Or would you write that book that you're always talking about, you know, I'm going to write that book one day. The toughest part of any achievement is overcoming your fear. If I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt I could not fail, I would fly. If I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt I could not fail, I know I would fly as well. But don't tell our daughters that because I tell them they can do anything they want to do except go skydiving. So why are you so afraid of skydiving? We'll talk about that later in the program. Okay. Well, I want to tell you about a crazy Canadian blogger by the name of Kyle McDonald who attempted something audacious. One day, Kyle McDonald, he looked down on his desk and what did he see? A red paperclip and he thought to himself, I remember this game called Bigger and Better where you trade something that is small for something bigger and better and then you repeat. He said to himself, I wonder what would happen if I took this red paperclip and tried to trade it. What could I end up with after 12 months of trading? So what did he have to lose? Nothing? A red paperclip? That's nothing. He knew he could not fail. So he posted this picture of a red paperclip on a website called Craigslist and two girls offered him a pen shaped like a fish which was bigger and better than his dinky little red paper clip so he gladly took it. Next, someone offered him a doorknob with a crazy face on it in exchange for the fish pen. Then he received a camping stove for the doorknob. After each successive trade, Kyle McDonald received something bigger and better than what he had before. Some items he received and traded were a snowmobile, a trip for two to the Rockies, a moving truck, and one year's free rent in someone's house in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, that's not bad, eh? I think I would be really happy with that. I mean, who wouldn't be happy with Phoenix, Arizona for one year, especially if you're Canadian? Phoenix is nice and warm in the winter. Mm-hmm. But Carl was only nine months into this. Nine months before, he had started with one red paperclip and now he had one year's free rent in someone's house in Phoenix, Arizona. But that wasn't good enough for Kyle McDonald. He wanted to see how much bigger and better it could get. Finally, after 14 online trades over the course of a year, he ended up with a two-story farmhouse in Kipling, Saskatchewan. Wow, how's that for success? Playing a game of bigger and better, starting with a little red paperclip and ending up with a two-story farmhouse, which he turned into a very successful little restaurant called the Red Paperclip Cottage Cafe. What an amazing story of faith and ingenuity, starting with a red paperclip and ending up with a two-story farmhouse in one year. So what would you attempt if you knew that you could not fail? Let's take this into the realm of faith in God and trusting His promises. What would you attempt for God if you knew you would not fail? The Bible assures us, for nothing is impossible with God. So stick with us as we explore how you can conquer your limitations and do what you thought was impossible.
So I used to have a serious fear of heights. And that's why you don't want our daughters to go skydiving. Correct. Let me ask you a question. Are any of you afraid of heights? This was once my greatest fear. When I was 25 years old, my one of my older brothers, his name was Pete, who was 32 at the time, he was working in Nelson, British Columbia on the night shift. And it was for a, a company called Kaminko. It was extremely cold outside. The wind was blowing and the snow was filling the air. He was bundled up and he was working more than 50 feet in the air, standing on a few wooden boards that were sheathed in black ice. He had a harness, a safety belt around his, his waist, but he had to move to the next workstation. And in order to do so, he would have to unhook his safety belt, the clips, and then he would reconnect them to the next workstation. And so he unhooked the clips and then he inched his way along that ice-covered scaffolding. And the snow blew around his head and the wind beat against his back. And just as he was about to reconnect himself, his foot slipped from underneath him and he plummeted to the ground, slamming into some solid metal pipes and beams as he fell. As his safety helmet was thrown from his head, he hit his head on a number of pipes, steel pipes, as he was falling down. He landed on the ground, and there was a young man there who was a, a vibrant Christian, and he ran to his side. And he was the first man on the spot. And he looked at my brother Pete's injuries, and he could see that he was so badly injured. And he called for help, and as some of the other guys contacted the medical team, he came back to the site and this Christian young man, he, he returned to my brother's side and he began to talk to him about Jesus. He asked my brother Pete if he knew who Jesus was and Pete said yes. And then he asked Pete if he was saved and my brother Pete said he wanted to be. And so the young man asked him if he could pray for my brother. And so Pete said that, yeah, that would be okay. And so the guy started praying for my brother and, and my brother accepted Jesus as his personal savior that evening. He was 32 years old and he died shortly after that prayer. I became extremely afraid of heights. <laughs> Before, uh, I was never afraid of heights. But after my brother's death, it kind of sparked this serious fear of heights. Mm -hmm. Well, that really does make sense now. But the story of my fear of heights doesn't end there. A friend of mine found out about my fear, and he told me that we needed to go rock climbing together. And I wasn't so sure, but rock climbing was his specialty. So I trusted him. It was just he and myself and the photos that he took revealed not how I was feeling inside. In fact, for him to get me to a spot just on the edge of the cliff took him more than an hour. And I would just stand there with my, my feet just planted to the ground. And I had this harness around my waist and Spencer, the name of my friend, he, would, he, he knew that I was so scared and to try and calm me down, he said, it's all right, it's all right. We don't have to go rock climbing to today or, or descending down the rock face. Just, just leave it, just forget about it. But I insisted that I had to overcome this fear. 
And so I asked him every possible question about the equipment. How safe was your equipment? How many people have you dropped in the past? And what did he think about my chances of surviving that day? And he was very patient. And when all of my questions were answered, to my satisfaction, I went over the edge. And so as I was going over the bottom, to the bottom, he had a camera down there and it was capturing some of these images. So these are some of the shots from his camera. Does this cause any of you to have butterflies in your stomach? It certainly did me at the time. And I guarantee you that I prayed all the way down to the bottom. I repeated the words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can assure you that when it comes to dealing with heights now, my husband is a lot better than he was then. It is amazing how he is able to walk on swinging bridges, climb ladders and trees, and even climb mountains and not feel paralyzed as he once did. It really does come down to this one thought, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when your mind is renewed, as it says in Romans 12 verse 2, you are transformed. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You see, when Michael's mind was controlled by fear, he was stuck, paralyzed by the thought of rock climbing. But when he changed the way he looked at rock climbing, it was no longer fearful to him. There's a song we want you to listen to entitled Wonderful Peace presented by Fountain View Academy Orchestra and Singers. Wonderful Peace, that is what God gave me in place of my fears.
It really is miraculous what God can do and how he can replace our fear with his peace. And that's what he did with your fear of hearts. Yes, he did. He truly did. Well, you know the story. A dusty old shepherd goes looking for his lost sheep and coming around the corner, he meets God in a burning bush. We find the story in the Bible in Exodus chapters three and four. God says to that dusty old shepherd, whose name is Moses, I have in fact seen the suffering of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their pain and suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a land that is good and spacious, to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of plenty. Then Moses asked God in Exodus 4 verse 1, What if they will not believe me or take seriously what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. It's just an old stick that I used to herd sheep. It's like he's saying, it's nothing, it's just a useless old red paperclip. But look at what the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 3. The worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, the Bible is telling us that God created everything out of nothing. At least Moses had a stick in his hand and Kyle McDonald started with a red paper clip, but God made everything out of nothing. He started with thin air. When we place our trust in God, we come to Him and say, look at my life, I'm such a mess. I'm not good at anything. And we have a list, the list goes on and on and on. But just like Kyle McDonald, you are not alone. Believe it or not, besides God, there are other people in this world who are willing to help you towards living a life that is much bigger and better than the life you are now living. So here's how most people understand what happens when you come to God and God comes into your life. You put your head down and you read your Bible and you live like, well, the Lone Ranger. Who's the Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger is actually a fictional masked cowboy who fought against outlaws in the Old West. He was a solitary figure and he did everything alone, except it's kind of ironic, he did have a friend whose name was Tonto. There is something called the Lone Ranger Syndrome, which is the belief that we need to do everything ourselves. So if we apply the Lone Ranger Syndrome to Christianity, it is a belief in a false efficiency, a belief that if we do everything ourselves, we will get it done better, quicker, faster. The reality is every Lone Ranger needs a tonto. Yeah, Adam had Eve. The patriarchs Abraham, Isaac and Jacob had their life partners Sarah, Rebecca and Rachel. And Moses had the support of his brother Aaron. And Daniel had the support of his three friends in Babylon. And the Canadian blogger Kyle MacDonald didn't make it on his own either. 
No, he had the support of a lot of other people who were willing to help him make his dream come true, turning his red paper clip into a restaurant. God knows that we need each other. And he designed us with a need to work together. When we work together, we work better, smarter, and achieve more. Did you know that one massive Belgian draft horse can pull up to 2,000 pounds? Mm -hmm. However, if two horses who are complete strangers are harnessed together, they can pull, now get this, 12,000 pounds. Wow, that's six times the weight one horse can pull on its own. Mm -hmm. Yes, we call that synergy. Synergy is when both horses working together can pull a greater weight than the two horses can pull on their own or separately. But there's more. If two horses are raised and trained together to pull and think as one, they can haul up to 16,000 pounds. Wow, how is that possible? Well, I don't know. I'm not a draft horse. But I do know that when I work alone, I'm not half as driven as when I work in a team. Mm. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 tells us that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. The Bible encourages you to strive to work together as a member of a team within a united group of believers called the church. Together, we can achieve much more than we can achieve separately. In Hebrews 10 verse 25, we are encouraged with these words, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's an old hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds, and we want to share that song with you right now. Blessed be the tie that binds Our hearts in Christian love The fellowship of kindred minds Is like to that Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayers, our fears, our hopes, our aims, our one, our comforts and our inward pain but we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again as a member of the church God places something in your hand it's called a talent and we all get a different number of talents 
So Carl McDonald sold it with a red paper clip and traded it for something bigger and better. And he wound up with a two-story farmhouse. And God called Moses to be a mighty leader when Moses felt like he could do nothing but herd sheep. And God asked him one big question. Here's the big question. What is that in your hand? And that is a big question. What's in your hand? What has God placed within your sphere of influence? Or what kind of talents do you have? You know, in Matthew 25, it says God gives everyone at least one talent. That's true. Some get more, like five, another get two, and someone else gets one. Basically, God gives us all three assets. Number one, time. Number two, energy. And number three, money. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Why? Why did he bury his talent and the other two invested and multiplied their talents, just like Kyle McDonald, who turned his red paperclip into a two-story farmhouse? Matthew 25, 25 gives us a clue. The one who buried the talent said, I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. What? Who doesn't make mistakes? Everyone makes mistakes. Well, you know, to be honest, I am afraid of making mistakes too. When I was in university, my first semester, I had to do a class in public speaking and I was so scared that I felt every time I was gonna do public speaking like I was gonna get sick. Once that class was over and I passed it, I never wanted to do public speaking ever again. Well, that sure didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. When God called me to be a teacher and also to be a pastor, I had to do public speaking all the time. And you know what? I'm afraid every time I have to stand up. But I do it anyway. I say to myself, Take those butterflies and make them fly in formation. And then I pray for God's guidance because I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And instead of nervous, fearful energy, God turns it into positive, focused energy. So what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? I like these reassuring words from the Bible, for nothing is impossible with God. So if nothing is impossible with God, then I know that I can trust Him. Even when I am afraid, I know that I can put my trust in Him. Not once should we even think of failure, especially because we are working with one who knows no failure. Even if all you possess is one teeny tiny talent, with God, you can do the impossible. If by playing a game of bigger and better, starting with a red paper clip, Carl McDonald ended up with the two-story farmhouse, then what's holding us back? If God is on our side, then what do we have to be afraid of? I want to invite you to pray at this time that God will help you to trust Him despite your fears right now. Let's pray. Lord, the toughest part of any achievement is overcoming our fears. But with you as our savior, guiding and directing our lives, even when we are afraid, we know that we can put our trust in you. Not once 
should we even think of failure? Because we are working with you, Lord, and you know no failure. Even if all we possess is one teeny tiny talent, with you, Lord, we can do the impossible. We pray this in Jesus' lovely name, amen. Do you ever feel anxious or scared? If so, you're normal. But God doesn't want anxiety and fear to get in the way of a happy life. Our free offer today is how to stop being scared. In this little booklet are practical tips for you and your children on how to overcome anxiety and fear. So please get out a pen, piece of paper, your cell phone to take a note because here is the information that you will need to receive today's free offer, How to Stop Being Scared. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca. Friends, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our webpage, you can see our latest programs, including our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life and our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living. They are all there for you, free to watch whenever you choose, because we want you to experience the truth found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.